Welcome back to the King Bailey Podcast, where every opinion is welcome and every voice can be heard. Today's guest is Mo Love. Up and coming R&B artist from the Bronx, Mo Love recently dropped a project in due time. You can catch it on all your streaming platforms. Anywhere you stream music, you can find a project. Nice little 16 minute prelude to his career. It was a good listen, good bump, good vibe. And um, I actually discovered Mo Love on accident. I don't even really remember how I discovered him, to be honest with you, but... I do remember the first time hearing a record from him, that being Keisha, noticing the fact that this young brother is extremely talented. And um, when I heard his entire project, I definitely had to sit down with him. I definitely had to chop it up with him and just uh, show my appreciation for his talent and show my appreciation for him taking his craft seriously and finding a unique way to fit himself into the current R&B ecosystem. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you guys enjoy the conversation between myself and Mo Love like share subscribe as a matter of fact send this conversation to every single group chat that you're in especially to the group chats with the women who love r&b there's something in there for you i'm out but live on the king belly podcast shout out to my son mo love what up man what's up this is a little last minute but we got everything situated mo love just dropped the project in due time streaming on all anywhere you can find the music Apple Music, Spotify. Is it on titles? On titles, it's well, on too? title. It's everything, on everything. everything you can find it on is there. Every, everything that's good to hear. Everything. I want to start. I want to start. I want to go all the way back. Talk to I me. I want to talk to you. I want to start. Start, start with your childhood mm-hmm. because I want to. I want to figure out where this musical side of you stems from. Right. The origins of it. So um, walk me through your childhood a little bit. How? What, what was it like? Where are you from originally? Actually, I'm from. Well, I was born in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. I lived in Harlem until I was like five, six, and then we moved back to the South Bronx, and I lived in My Haven Projects for up until, uh, you know, basically the rest of my life. So I was raised in My Haven Projects. Mm-hmm. So what was growing up in My Haven like? Well, I think it's like... Take that picture for us. It's, it's, it's the same as anybody will picture it. You know what I'm saying? Project buildings... Young black kids growing up, growing up with themselves, young mothers having no father. I mean, I had my father in my life, so I was blessed enough to have that. But my family, my friends, you know what I'm saying, seeing that that they didn't have that, that type of love that I had, it, it, it does something to you. But um, you, you do stupid things when you're growing up, you know what I'm saying, because there's not much to do. Mm-hmm. But, but be sometimes, sad to say, a follower. Cause you trying to be like everybody else, you know. Right, and gr- growing up as a kid too, it's like when you growing up and, and you and you running around trying to be everybody else around you. There's nobody really there to, to trying to pull you away, trying to tell you like, yo, listen, you don't gotta do this. You don't gotta live like how your friends is living. Exactly. Like not everybody has, and even if you do have like an older brother or a cousin that's like three, four years older than you, they probably not even looking at it like that themselves too, because they're running around doing the same dumb shit with exactly. their friends. All the OGs is the same, bro. The OGs is. It's probably just as worse as the young ones. I mean, th- every now and then you might have like an OG or two that really put you on game. That's about it. But but that's literally, that's, that's probably that's one or two it. for the whole hood though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's probably one or two for everybody. Mm-hmm. So what was growing up in, in my haven? I, I remember on, on one of your records you said that you said your mom's or, your mom's was broke growing up and your pops was strung on crack. Were mm-hmm. you exaggerating or were you dead ass with that? <laughs> nah, with that. Well, we was dead ass broke. Um, but I was talking most about the crack thing because I can understand nah, being broke. The majority of us, my we, father, we grew up low, low my effort. father, my father was not on crack. But I, when I said that, I was like talking about my friends' fathers, uh, my my family members' fathers. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 
like I said and always say, like, everything I talk about is either I've been through myself, I've seen, or I know. So when I said that, that was definitely just me speaking about my family members and my my friends' fathers and stuff like that. So growing up with your, with your pops in your life, with both parents in your life, at, at any point as a child, did you ever feel guilty looking mm-hmm. around and seeing your, your friends not having their fathers in their life? Did you ever feel guilty for having your dad in your life? Or did, did you ever feel like there was any animosity between you and your friend group for that reason? Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, at at one point, I didn't realize how blessed I was to have mm-hmm. my father because I thought it was regular because I always had him since, you know, I was young. Right. And then... The more I hear like, oh, I don't have my father in my life or my father's not there, it's like, dang, all right, now I'm starting to realize this is a trend, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that don't have their fathers. Going to my friend's house, they don't have their fathers. My cousins, they don't have their fathers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that was that was something I, I, I as growing up, I realized. Similar to you, I grew up with both parents in my life. And I remember specifically when I was around, around like 07, when I was in fifth grade, mm-hmm. my pops had went away to to London and he went away to London on a trip to London for a week and I remember in fifth grade my young ass in fifth grade telling my mom like yo like people gonna think we don't got no dad now. <laughs> like I remember I remember the first time when I realized that I like I had like that that was normal to have two mm-hmm. parents was when my dad was going I'm like yo niggas gonna think we don't got a pops now <laughs> like that's uh-huh. that's the first time it really hit me that yo this is not the norm was there any point in your life where you realized like oh shit like damn like like you said, yo, you realized you were blessed. Was there any point? Like, what age was that for you? I should say, what, what age? Around what age did you realize that you? I'm, 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 I'm a little. We not in the best situation, but I'm doing pretty well. I would, I would say around, around like eighth, ninth grade. You so you're around like 13, 14 maybe. Mm-hmm. So, getting getting into high school, you know, having parent teacher conference and all that stuff, and only one parent showing up. Both my parents show up all the time. And then, like, seeing that, it's like, all right, cool. So now I'm starting to realize, like, something ain't right here. All the brown kids don't got no fathers, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So that's around that time. Yeah, right, and that stems from a generation of, you know, a crack era pulled up and just mm-hmm. either wiped out half the fathers or put – either wiped out half the fathers due to, track, due to crack itself or the other half was in jail, incarcerated because they were yep. still the ones selling crack. Yep. And um, I think that our generation is actually doing a better job of being fathers f- for that reason. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Nah, I love it. I love it. Because now when I see videos and I see people doing things with they with their young ones, mm-hmm. it inspires me to keep on as soon as I get, not soon, but. <laughs> <laughs> but whenever, when that whenever time that comes, time when that happens. comes and I have a child, you know what I'm saying? I want to get on the world. Right. Nothing but love, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I feel like that's all kids want. And that's all we need is love, you know what I'm saying? Because so much could conquer just by giving love. I think, too, an- another another important thing you just, you just sparked when you said that is I feel like when kids don't get the love that they need, mm-hmm. they don't, they, they're not able to find their, their true talent. At all. It's like there's nobody there to motivate them. There's nobody there to show them that there's more. And it's like even for the kids that do have love in their lives, they may not be able to chase their dreams because, you know, my parents may want you to do one thing mm-hmm. and you got aspirations to do something else but it's like especially for the kids who don't have that guidance who don't have that love in their life mm-hmm. then it's like they're, they're so short because it's like as a kid you touch a you touch like you, it's the most raw I would say it's the most raw form of personality like. mm-hmm. and having that parent that God in your life to constantly love you and push you it makes such a big difference in the long run and it's like I almost feel like this I almost feel like there's something to be done mm. For those of us who grew up with parents, like there's something that we could do to to, to kind of help those who didn't get to grow up with parents. It's like, and I see, and what I what I, like I was saying, what I when I really see the disconnect is, 
being able to just chase your dreams, being able to have a, pa- a passion or a talent and, and mm-hmm. being able to try it. Like, I feel like a lot of that stems from coming from a loving home because when you think about it, you have the opportunity to be able to try what you want to do and come home every night knowing, like, yo, even if okay. whatever I want to do don't hit, even if the shit that I'm taking risk outside don't hit, I can come home to a loving family. There's some people who it's like, yo, if the shit that I'm doing don't work, That's niggas it. at home is not jacking mm-hmm. me. That's <laughs> like, it. if I'm not bringing in money, niggas is not jacking mm-hmm. me at all. So it's like, Real when I like when I started to realize those things, that's when I was like, damn, like this shit ain't peachy. Mm-hmm. Nah, I think, I think our job is to like, when that opportunity comes, or just this right here, speaking about it, you know what I'm saying? Speaking about the love that we got, or speaking about the absences that that we seen, and making sure that that they understand that, yeah, we 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 have our fathers and our lives, but we also we also felt the impact. Of others when they didn't have this, so I definitely felt the impact. You know what I'm saying? I, it, it, just seeing people arguing about it, not their fathers in jail for this amount of years. Mm-hmm. They not coming home. They not seeing their father to like I don't know when. You know what I'm saying? And moms is moms is somewhere doing her best, doing her best, really you know hustling, what I'm saying? really hustling. Not in the house. So now you have a, a whole bunch of people raising themselves. You know, mm-hmm. young people raising themselves. Thirteen. 14 outside all types of night doing whatever the the 21 year olds and plus nah, doing that's facts. you know what I'm I remember growing up when 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 people my age used to be able to do certain things and I'm like first I used to be tight at first I used to be like <laughs> yo I don't understand why my parents won't allow me to do the shit that your parents mm-hmm. allow you to do but that's not until I got older when I realized like yo somebody some people parents allow them to do that shit because they don't give a fuck exactly <laughs> like they just don't care exactly and it's like as a kid you don't really realize those things it's not until I got older that I realized like how crazy it is mm-hmm. like the concept of being a single mother like it didn't really hit me until word to until recently mm-hmm. like until I realized like yo as a woman you being asked to not only nurture your kid yeah that's a natural that's a natural inclination to as a woman to, to be a nurturer you know be able mm-hmm. to nurture that's, that's, that's what they do but not only be able to nurture your kid but also protect and provide for the kid too yes sir that's OD that's a lot. That's that's too much. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, like in my house, I feel like my mom definitely did all that, but my dad did all that too. Mm-hmm. So it, so it, it was a fifty fifty balance, right. you know. And pff, here's one instance I could talk that I could think about. Like one day, I'm like fifteen, sixteen, maybe. Me and my friends go to my friend crib. Mm-hmm. We go to his house. His mom's is there, whatever. And she's letting us do whatever we want. <laughs> we smoking, we drinking, we doing in the spot all of with that. Her. In the spot. In her crib. Blasting music all crazy. It's a like 10, 11 at night. I got curfew. I got to go home <laughs> soon before my parents black on me. But I'm still in there wilding. But like, that's a that's something that always resonated with me. Like, damn, like. That's when you realize my mom everybody, would never let everybody me do don't, that. Everybody don't grow up the same. That's when you realize everybody grow up different. Yeah, man. <laughs> So let me ask you a question, right? At what age, you said you around 13, 14 when mm-hmm. you realized, like, yo, I was, I'm, I'm a little more blessed than normal. Mm-hmm. At what age did you realize that you were talented as far as musically you were talented, like you could sing? Well, the crazy part is I never really looked at it like that. Like, I just was singing to sing because that was fun to me. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was about, like, three years ago. Not even two years ago. Oh, this is fairly recent for you. This is fairly recent. Like two years ago when I felt like, all right, maybe I could sing now. That's going into college. People like telling me like, yo, you could sing. You should start doing something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm just chilling. Like, And then that's when I started to do like shows on campus. 
and then I joined this group called Phenomenal Voices. Mm-hmm. And then once I did that show, before I even could sing, come out, people already wilding, like screaming, like I'm in a concert. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Nah, this is real. Like hey, maybe I should start this taking me. this shit. Yeah, right. maybe I should start taking this shit seriously. But that's when I realized. And then after I graduated, um, my friend fakely tricked me into the studio. <laughs> we were supposed to how go do, to how some do, how concert. How do you do that? How do you, how do you, how do you finesse that? All right, so Pete, we were supposed to go to some concert. I think it was a Jay Critch concert. Mm-hmm. And he's in the studio, my man Nicky Weeks. Um, he invites me to the studio. I go, and it's a vibe in there. Everybody's smoking, drinking, making music. Mm-hmm. It's a real vibe. It's your first time in the studio, First too, time right? in the studio. Right. This is like a year ago. A year and some, a little bit of months ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the studio. I'm chilling. One of my... My mans walk up to me like, yo, bro, Nick been telling me, like, you could sing and all this. Like, you should get on the track. I'm right. like, all right, yeah, pushing it away. I'm like, all right, whatever. He dead ass comes back not too long <laughs> later. Nigga thought he forgot. <laughs> yeah, thought I forgot. And then he pulls up to me like, yo, bro, I got this space for you to do whatever you want to do on there. Like, see what's up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I go. It's this song called Long Distance, if if no one ever heard it, but that's what the song is called. It's called Long Distance with me and Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get on it. I freestyle my part. As I freestyle my part, if you listen to the audio, it's original. It's no, we didn't mix it or nothing, my part. Right. There's nothing done to it. So you can hear them in the studio bugging like, yo, mo, da-da-da, going crazy. I'm while like, you freestyling. While I'm freestyling. Right. I'm like, nah. I think I... I think I want to make music for real, for real. People acting like this. So from that day on, like I decided I was gonna make music for real. So prior to prior to you going away to Albany, you you never realized that you were talented. Nope. So at that, at no point in time did you try to like emulate an R and B singer, sing a jingle or anything like that. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. I always was singing. Like my parents always played like the old '90s, early 2000s, Tyrese, mm-hmm. Usher, the Bradley Brothers, and all of them. Mm-hmm. So I always was singing that. The Jamaican vibes and all, everything, bro. <laughs> everything. So I always was just singing just to sing because it was mm-hmm. fun. And that's what people do. It's like if you rapping just for fun. It's the right. same thing. You spit a quick 16 just for the sport. Yeah. So I just did I just did that, but I never really thought myself, I never really thought that I could be making music, you know? Mm-hmm. So so after that first time that you were in the studio with Nicky Reese and, and, they, and they put the battery in your back to do that song, mm. when, was the, when was the next time you came back to the studio when you came back the second time did you come back approaching it differently like I bet now that I know I could really do this mm-hmm. let me let me take this entire time to really put some records out nah yeah uh, when I went back to the studio this had to be at least I want to say a month or two later mm-hmm. that's when I made the song what's that song which on the man that one fuck what's the title of that Feeling Yourself that's when I made Feeling Yourself. And I fuck with that track. I fuck with that track OD, but I, I grew since then. And ever since then, I started to, I started to learn more about music, mm-hmm. how to really critique my voice and how I want to sound and making sure I get the best out of me mm-hmm. lyrically, um, being versatile, and making sure I, I make an impact in the lyrics that I say. So... That that from that song to now, I'm a totally different person. Like, and, and that song was recorded what a year ago, right? Yeah, about a year ago. 
Yeah, some change. So who who's the person that was really integral in like teaching you how to how to critique yourself, teaching you how to be a better artist? So this, is that something that came naturally to you as you started to do on your own, as you started to sing more and more in studio? It was a little bit of just like hearing other people make songs mm-hmm. and like saying like, nah, I gotta do I gotta do better. You know what I'm saying? But as I as I learned, I got better as well. Like just knowing music more, like people telling me little stuff, like you should do it this way or insert this that. And I think as time went on, I definitely got better because, boy, <laughs> boy, it, it was a long journey for myself. Because I, I haven't put out music for, after I put out that song, I haven't put out music for a little bit just because I, I felt like I wanted to learn more and mm-hmm. just write more songs so I could get better. Right, wanted to get your content and wanted to yeah. experience a little more things before you start putting music out. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it a stack. The first song that I ever heard from you was Keisha. Keisha, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I knew you could sing prior to that because I like every now and then I may see like videos or I may hear about like yo, this kid named Mo on campus, yo, he could sing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we, I don't think we really spent that much time in Albany together. Like I don't think, I think by the time that you got there, I was like in my last year at Albany mm-hmm. type shit. So the first song I ever heard from you was Keisha, and I don't even remember how I I, I got the track. Like uh-huh. I, I probably saw it on Instagram and downloaded it, or I think somebody said. I don't know how I got the track, but mm-hmm. when I listened to the shit, I said it to my man, like, yo, bro, this nigga's dead talented. Because the thing, the thing, because what I realized over the last year in Albany is that like a lot of people in Albany started rapping, a lot of people we started doing shit. Let's not get into that. So I feel like, <laughs> so for, for, from what I've been told, being that so many people from Albany are artists now, it's like mm-hmm. it's kind of watered down to the point where if somebody hears that, yo, there's a new out, there's a new artist coming out of UA, mm-hmm. I'm not really trying to hear it because it's like, yo, everybody in UA doing something. For real. And which is why I can't, I really don't remember where I got the Keisha mm-hmm. track for, but when I played that shit, I'm like, yo, this nigga is dead ass talented. Appreciate that, man. It's crazy how I wrote Keisha though. That's the crazy part. Like, what's the story behind Keisha? <laughs> and I think a lot of people want to know that too. Cause it seems well, like Keisha really got you in your back. I'm crying, but <laughs> it low, and it low key feels like the entire In Due Time project got uh-huh. to do with Keisha in some way, shape, or form. You think so? Low key, and and, and not until moving on comes on, and it's like the next shorty just trying to make sure that Keisha ain't in the picture no mm-hmm. more. But the majority of the track kinda almost feels like you was talking to Keisha. Keisha, right? well. Keisha is just, I think, prior prior people that I dealt with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people could relate to that because it's it's something that's real. And whether you're a female or a male, you could relate to it in some form or fashion. But Keisha... <laughs> knowing that knowing that shorty about to go out this weekend and just act up. Just act up. Acting act stupid. Lying. Like, no... <laughs> Lying. <laughs> Taking Mad Long to respond to my messages. Mad Long, you you talk about you home, but she really on the gram wall. Right, thinking I ain't see it. It's crazy though, cause niggas wouldn't admit it, but on the low, niggas is probably just as emotional as insecure as women mm-hmm. are. So the moment you hear Shorty about to go out this weekend, all the thoughts start hitting you. All the thoughts start busting your skull. Who she who she about to link up right. with? I remember when I remember when I backed her and she about to have another nigga do the same thing mm-hmm. I did to her that night. And she about to have another nigga come talk sweet nothing to her ear tonight. Like it's yeah. a whole bunch of shit flying through your head. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like that was definitely me just expressing expressing my thoughts. And mm-hmm. then when I put it out, I put it out because I just wanted to put something out. But I didn't feel the impact until people started telling me, like, yo, bro, like, what? This is fire. Like, I really fuck with Keisha. And I'm just like, I had to listen to it myself over again. <laughs> I'm like, wow, what? I bet. I did put something out that was that, that had a little impact on people, so... 
So when you were recording it, you didn't realize that, yo, this shit about to really slap. You, I did you, you just kind of, it was like a vocal exercise. Almost. Yeah. And you just getting the vocal cords when we get warm up again because, you know, I'm about to do something. Mm-hmm. I'm about to drop a project coming mm-hmm. up. But that whole time after, that whole time after I, fr- I dropped my first track, um, my plan was to make something for the summer. Mm. So that whole time I was just working on music for now so I could drop a, a project. So a lot, some songs didn't make it. But the songs that made it, those are the ones I felt like that that needed to be out there, you know. How did you how did you decide which songs make it from which didn't? Because this is a pretty short it's a pretty short EP. Mm-hmm. So what what first things I guess two questions mm-hmm. first what made you decide on just seven tracks and was it difficult for you to cut the other tracks that you thought were probably just as good as those seven to be on the record versus the ones that you actually chose? Well, for me, I, like I feel like an EP is a project is is it's an introduction to what you really want to sound like and what you want to give to the people and what your thought process is as far as making music and everything Mm -hmm. so that's why i chose seven songs and actually it was supposed to come out on my birthday which is the seventh so that's why i chose seven songs but that ain't work out but the label was holding yeah the label was holding (laughs) (laughs) the label was holding but um some songs i felt as if i wouldn't I wanted it all to flow, mm-hmm. and the flow was the most important thing. I wanted people to really not skip not one song on that, so that's why I chose all those in that order mm-hmm. and made sure that I had an impact on people when I put that out. Nah, see, I, I could tell. Nah, when you, when you you hit the nail on the head when you said you wanted it to flow, because I could tell that you mm-hmm. did that by intent. Because the the entire it was only a sixteen minute project, but mm-hmm. it feels like a, a complete smooth 16 minutes like one long ass one song, song. <laughs> like the shit that ass flow uh-huh. that shit that ass flow appreciate it but um i will say though, i like i kind of like the new the new this new era of dropping short short mm-hmm. albums like i like the seven the seven track albums the 10 track albums mm-hmm. i just feel like it's easy to die to, to um i just feel like it's more digestible that way that's the point you know what i'm saying i don't i didn't want to put out 15 16 17 songs mm-hmm. and buy my seven eighth ninth you already gave <laughs> niggas up. Afraid, niggas afraid. Niggas giving up. And I probably won't get the same feedback and right. impact that I, I that I have now. So that was that was my whole point of putting out seven and making sure that I just said what I said and gave it to y'all. It's it's crazy too because just when I thought I was I was having a conversation this weekend. I'm like just when I thought millennials' attention span couldn't be shorter, somebody mm-hmm. proved to me that. It could. <laughs> One of my mans told me this weekend that when he listens to new music, mm-hmm. he gives it five seconds. Five seconds. I'm not even mad at him, bro. Though. Five seconds, though. I'm not mad at him, though. A song, five seconds. What I'm do you not get? Mad at him. Right, what do you get from a song of five seconds? The first five I feel seconds. Like is the that. first five seconds, you hear the beat, you 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 get intrigued. Like that's what happens with me when I listen to beats myself. Like within the first five ten seconds, if I don't feel a beat, I can't write to it. I don't want to write to it because it's not gonna have the same impact that. I wanted to have on others. So if a beat or something has an impact on me, I know it's going to, other people going to feel it. Sometimes the beat don't even drop for a good 30. You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> not, <laughs> I, maybe not five seconds. Five dragged it. Listen to it for at least a minute. He did, He said five seconds. He said sometimes he'll fast forward to the middle of the track and hear mm-hmm. it, listen to those five seconds. And I'm just like. Yeah, some people don't care. This no <laughs> I get it. I get it, though, because music nowadays, everybody, everybody sound the same. Everybody is putting out content that don't make no sense or they or they just faking it why why do you think that like why do you think it's it's got into that not honest because i, mm-hmm. I kind of agree to a certain extent that everybody is kind of rushing content but what do you think has 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 forced this era of just putting shit out there well i think because people want to get on so so and they think it's so easy 
I don't think music is making making music is not easy, especially when you want to have longevity. Like right now, it's in people people that make let's say trendy music. It's a lot of trendy music happening right now in rap. I don't know about R and B. Like R and B, I feel like it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Like with R and B, you really gotta feel it. Like you just can't come in and, and fake R and B now. That's a fact. R and B, like you said, R and B is mostly a feeling. Yeah, but rap and all that stuff, people is just really faking it. And I could tell, I could tell the fake from the real, off rip. So I think that's why a lot of people don't care to listen anymore like that. So that's my opinion on that. I think to elaborate now, I think a lot of people are looking at this game as just a money grab. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of like for example, you got situations like, and this isn't a bad example because it's actually worked. But situation with QC where when it, when it came to putting Lil Baby on, Facts. he was just one of their men's, mm-hmm. and he needed a bag, mm-hmm. and it was like, yo, come rap. But think about it, like for them, that's the fastest bag because this is like this is my business. This is what I know, mm-hmm. and what one of my mans need to get a bag. The only way, I, the only legal bag that I currently know right now is rapping. It's rapping. But in little baby's case, it actually slapped. He's actually a talented mm-hmm. rapper. He actually could spit. And he's actually could put out enough content to to keep going year after mm-hmm. year. Whereas other people, they may be in a similar situation where it's like, yo, I need a bag. All right, what do I got to do? Rap. I right, bet that's the only option I got. And they'll just chase rapping because they feel like, yo, this is gonna get me paid. But like you said, one everybody not about to get on, <laughs> and it's not easy to get mm-hmm. on. So that money that y'all think y'all about to get from this game is not that simple. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the, I think a reason why like this, I think a reason why the conduit, not the conduit, why the content is so disingenuous is because nobody's really doing it because they want to, want they want to. People do it. just doing it because it's some money it's, into it's, it. It's, it's, it's what you, it's just mm-hmm. what it's something to do right now. Like mm-hmm. every other person raps right now. The crazy part is about it. Like me personally, I want I want to do this for life. Like I wanna I wanna go on tour. I wanna sing in front of thousands of people one mm-hmm. day. You know what I'm saying? And I know this is a journey for me, and I know this is something I c- can const- sustain. Mm-hmm. Whether like I hit some bumps or not, you know, some people will quit in this, but. I already know what's ahead for me is going to be there. So I just got to keep working. But I'm, I'm not chasing it for the bag. I, I love this. So mm-hmm. the bag will come when, when you do something you love. So That's a fact. Once you, once you, once you, really, once you find something that you actually love mm-hmm. and master it, you'll realize that, yo, all the bags that I was trying to get earlier is much easier for me to get much now. Much easier. Versus you trying to get the bag off rip and mm-hmm. neglecting the actual craft. That's when that's when you're miserable. Mm-hmm. That's when you find yourself three, four years in and you feel like you can't do nothing else mm-hmm. because you wasted so much time doing this only to get a bag and the bag mm-hmm. not coming as fast as you think it should be. But I, I do think so. But you you said that you think that a lot of a lot of rappers are emulating each other. You don't think this is in any way, shape, or form seeping into the R and B world? Um. I don't think so. I think I think a lot of R and B artists get inspiration from each other. So the most is inspiration for me, cause at the end of the day, I feel like R and B you really gotta tap into people's souls. Like they really gotta feel what you're saying, or is or they not gonna mess with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I feel like my inspirations are people like Tory, Bryson. Party Next Door, Tyrese, Usher, um, who else? Freaking, I can't remember them right now, mm-hmm. all of them, but there's so many inspirations that I get 
I, I, I want to get to their level. I don't want to sound like them, right? But I want to get to their level where they making such a such an impact. But one day, one day, one day. Nah, you, it's funny. It's funny you brought that up. It's funny you said that on R and B is a feeling because I feel like we don't really got that many soulful singers in, mm-hmm. in our generation. Like. The older generations, there's certain records that they throw into this day, and them shits hit different. Mm-hmm. I feel like we don't really got that many soulful singers. Mm-hmm. I, I I I definitely agree with you, man. And it's so many low key artists that's fire that you would never hear. Because like like who? Because I'm, I'm I've been looking for some new R and B. Let me see. Where's my phone? Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we use this phone for the video right see. now. You want You need Google? I, I can use my shit real quick. Yeah, let me see that real quick. My bad. I was searching some Japanese shit earlier because <laughs> my manager took me to lunch and I just had to see what it was hitting for yes, before we sir. go ahead. Let me see. There's people like. Let me go to Apple Music. Better. Matter of fact, that'll be better. There's people like Mo Love. <laughs> Shout out Mo Love in due time on all in streaming due, services. Yes, sir. There's people like. Freak. Why well, can't even get them right now? If I see my phone, I will tell you every single one of them. I promise you. But there's Anderson Pack, like people, people like him. People nah, don't Anderson know Pac, he's a problem. Slap. I love Solange. I love her. Uh, you know my favorite R&B, and I just thought about. It. I know my favorite R&B actors right now. Who that? Ari Lennox. Ari Lennox. She Ari is Lennox. fire. I love Ari. Yo, She's she has fire, a bro. Voice. She's like, fire. You know what's crazy? I saw their documentary the other day, and I was upset. Wow. Because I was upset? not there. Mm. At that, I was upset. If I if I could have found out earlier, I would have found. Found a flight or something, <laughs> I would have been in there. I want to work with her one day. Like it's so many people I want to work with. It's crazy. Miguel, I fuck with Miguel so much. Yeah, Miguel, Miguel, he, soulful he's, dude. I take he's that different. Back the soulful comments earlier. He's different. Chris Brown, yeah, people, slap. people sleeping on Chris Brown right now is just because he going through all the things he going through. But that man is an icon. It's funny because I, I another thing too. Last week we was watching the No Guidance video at work, mm-hmm. and niggas was sleeping on Chris Brown. I'm like, yeah, I gotta understand. Chris Brown is a guy that. He like 29, 30 now. Mm-hmm. He's been in the game since he was like 15, 16. Exactly, bro. Like while we was busy in high school doing exactly. dumb shit, he was really on working. tour working. Mm-hmm. So a good a good portion of his childhood, a good portion of his teenage years was taken from him. Mm-hmm. Like So he was never, and I'm not making any excuse for any of the behavior that he exhibited over the past couple of years or you know, past decade or whatever, but to me it makes sense why he is the way he is now like this mm-hmm. is a man that's just trying to find peace probably that's like probably he's just it. trying to find a j you probably you're probably looking around like yo who really fucks with me like mm-hmm. there's mad people around me but who's really here for me mm-hmm. and I like see and it's like i, I kind of feel like he's a little misunderstood to a certain extent and if n- niggas don't realize it, but we, but he's one of the most talented people that we ever seen like in our and like in our, well, in our definitely in our, gen- in our generation definitely he could do it definitely all. The mo- one of the most he's talented seen, artists in he our could generation. rap he sing, he could rap, he, he play dance. ball. <laughs> Yo, he could dance. He dance hoop too. He I forgot about that, that, bro. He could dance hoop. He does all of that. It's crazy. I, 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 I fuck with him. Od, I fuck with Chris Brown. Od. Nah, Chris Brown. I just, I don't know. Hopefully, he's seen a therapist. You just, mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't, you can't guarantee those things. You would think that you know they got the, they got the right care to do that, like the right, that, the right money and the right income That's to true. do that. But I don't know. I hope, I hope Chris Brown find the peace that he, that he deserves. So let's talk about in, in due time for a little bit. How mm-hmm. long did it take you to put together the, um, that that project? Um, it took me about, I want to say, six months, maybe. Six months. Like six, seven months. Six. It's, was it? Is it was so? Were those six, seven months spent on 
just getting content for the for the work that you were putting on, or was the content already found, or was it just you piecing together the actual tracks for those six months, finding the right producers and the right engineers to work with, or well, what was that six month process like? It was a little bit of all of that, like making sure. Sometimes I I found it was crazy about it. Is one of the songs on it, "Bad for You," I recorded that like I want to say like a month or three weeks before the due date, mm-hmm. and I was like. Nah, this song has to go on there. So it was a whole process. I found either finding beats or sent or getting beats sent to me. Uh, I found um, the right producer for me, and within that, I was just recording and making sure that I still was writing music just in case I wanted to switch something up. Mm-hmm. So within that, I found those seven songs that mesh so well, and then I, I put out that project. And then and. It's crazy about it is a lot of people was just pushing me to 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 make the project as soon as possible like but so I appreciate everybody that was pushing me like everybody mm-hmm. even on Instagram like oh when is the tape coming out when the tape coming out I'm mm-hmm. like damn like yo yo like yo it's funny because <laughs> like I said once you drop P shit that's why I think niggas realize like yo this nigga that nice mm-hmm. and that's when we was like yo what the rest of the shit <laughs> <laughs> I know right <laughs> like you hitting you hitting at the tape like where it's at uh huh putting nah, pressure on me that's, that's dope how, how has like how has all like the response or everything been like how how has it been like you know maneuvering through all of that like mm-hmm. I, I know it could be a little overwhelming at first like when you drop a project and everybody's reaching out to you telling you yo this shit oh fire this shit God, dope bro. like how does that make you feel seeing so many people support your shit at, at first I was overwhelmed but I love it like. I love the fact that that amount of people will be posting my shit and, and writing me, telling me like how much they love my, my music. That right there just made me secure in what I did mm-hmm. and made me feel as if I just got to put on my next thing now. Like, what's next for me? So that love was just crazy, bro. For like four days, I was just on my phone for 24 hours. Just reposting, thank you this, thank you that. But just really, smiling the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like just the whole <laughs> but genuinely, like telling people, like I really appreciate them because at the end of the day, you don't you don't have to listen to me, right? At you dead all. Don't. At all. I said the same shit about the pod. Like, yo, listen, you dead don't have to bump the shit. Mm-hmm. You do, and I thank you for that. That's a I fact, appreciate bro. You for that. And that 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 would right there warms my heart every day. To this day, like people still writing me about it. Like that that was special that was special to me especially my first one out there mm-hmm. it's, it's, it feels special real special what was your idea behind so this this would you consider this a, a ep or a full-length album ep for sure man. ep for sure so yeah, ep for sure you dropped the ep now what's it what's it i don't not to get too much into your plans mm-hmm. but how often do you plan on giving this new music i <laughs> i plan on truthfully i'm thinking my next plan probably like drop a single and then I want to definitely give you another project after that. Um, so my next plan definitely is a single. I'm going to drop a single. I already wrote the single, actually. Mm-hmm. It's on its way. I'm not going to tell you the title or nothing <laughs> like that, because I know you're about to ask me that next. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm going to let you cook. I'm going to let you uh-huh. cook in peace. But nah, the, definitely a single is next, and then a pro- right after that, it's a, another project. But I'm not. I'm gonna let it marinate for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Not, I definitely don't want you to rush out there nah, and put nah, out because nah. it's still you got. We got seven quality records, and like mm-hmm. you said, you gotta give it some time to really let it sit and marinate. But the reason why I ask that is because as a new act, I always wonder like, is it is it like what's your mindset as far as 
I wouldn't even call it getting on, but getting like getting noticed. Getting noticed. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel like you have to drop a certain amount of music before in order to get noticed, or do you feel like you have to follow a certain schedule in order to get noticed, mm-hmm. or do you feel like, yo, I could just drop music whenever I feel like it, as long as my shit is quality, the right person will hear it. What's your mindset behind that? It's a little, it's a little bit of everything. Like, I definitely don't want to put out nothing that I don't feel one hundred percent on. Mm-hmm. I, that's never gonna come from me. Like, if I don't feel, if something don't feel right to me, I'm not gonna put it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely am on a, like a schedule, like getting content out, whether that's videos or me just putting up posts about um upcoming music, like making sure that people understand that I'm still doing this, and I'm gonna be doing this for a while. So mm-hmm. here's here's me, but making sure that I perform too, making sure other people hear me, like people that never heard me before or don't have me on Instagram, making sure I put my face out there, like. You have to, as an artist, you have to perform in front of people you've never seen before. You have to go places you've never been. Mm-hmm. Um, like even doing opportunities like this, this is a blessing. Like people gonna hear this and probably look me up. You know what I'm saying? That's so true. that's a blessing in, in itself. You know, so just making sure I just keep just keep working on everything that I can do to be seen. Mm-hmm. How do you decide like where you want to perform? Um, first, I definitely, definitely. People reach out. People reach out, of course. And the first thing that I do is I look at venue. I look at, uh, let's say, what's their following? Like, do it, could they get a good pull? Do I know this person? Like, all that comes into account because I don't want to go any place where I'm wasting my time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not that me singing in front of anybody is a waste of time, but it's definitely something. I definitely did a performance once where I felt like, damn. I should have stayed my black ass home. <laughs> what, made you, what made you feel like that about that particular performance? It just wasn't set up right. Like everything wasn't wasn't right for me. Like the stage wasn't right. Um, the surrounding wasn't right. It just was. I didn't feel good. But I did it because I I always if I if I give someone my word I'm gonna do it. Right. So I didn't want to back out as soon as I got there. Like oh nah I'm out. I, I made sure I did it right, though. There may be a time where you cross country and you pull up to a venue and it's not exactly. what you thought, and you may just have to follow through. Exactly. With it. That that is a good habit to build. I will say. Exactly. Has it been Has it been difficult for you to find places to um to perform though? As far as like, because I mean, if just putting myself in your shoes, if I'm a mm-hmm. young artist going around trying to get my my name out there, I'd be trying to hit like as many small spots, mm-hmm. as small clubs in the, in the, in that in the five boroughs as possible. Mm-hmm. Has it been hard for you to find the type of place that you want to record at, that you want to um, perform at? Nah, it hasn't it hasn't been real hard. Cause like I said, like a lot of people reach out, so it's like they tell me a date. If my schedule is free, I'll I'll do it, but I have to see the benefit in it, cause. I, there's some performances that I did that I, I haven't posted, like, but it, it's been beneficial to me because mm-hmm. some people it could li- it could link me to other people that want me to do shows for them or let's say just want to connect with me or uh, and put me in places where I need to be. You right. know what I'm saying? So that's my determining factor. Just what's the benefit for me and you? You know what I'm saying? So that's how I determine how to do shows. It's a great mentality to have because I feel like a lot of times people walk into business agreements and business transactions thinking about what's the benefit for me. Mm-hmm. Like they only think about what's the, how am I about to benefit from this. Mm-hmm. But maneuvering, thinking about yourself and the other person automatically gives you the upper hand because the majority of people don't even care about the other person. Exactly. Exactly, man. And I I mean, I've always always been like this. Like I don't, I don't care to like use people. That's not my thing. You know what I'm saying? 
Because at the end of the day, I don't want to be used. Mm-hmm. And I just got to be smart about how I do things. And if I allow myself to be put in places where I'm going to be used, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the one burnt at the end. Mm-hmm. So just making sure that it benefit everybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, what's, what's your family's reception and, like, the people close to you? What's their, what's their reception to, mm-hmm. like, you you um, actually coming out of your shell and, and producing music and putting out content? How do they feel about that? Uh, well, it's funny. When I first started to do it, my my, fam- my parents was like, hmm, like, you doing music? <laughs> you sing? You sing, all of that. And I'm like, I bet. I showed I showed them um, some songs or whatever the case may be. And, like, their reactions was, was okay, this is nice. Like, I, in the beginning, I always showed my mom all my music. Like, mm-hmm. everything that I recorded, I just let her listen to it. Because my mom would tell me the real. Like, she, she would tell me, you, keep right? it a stack 100 all the time. <laughs> like, if she tell me she like it, I know it's good. Let's go, if she going to tell me, like, ah, you need to change this, that, and the third, I will, that ass go and change it. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents came to my one of my one of my shows before, SOBs. Like, that was love. Like, they stood for mad long. It was mad performances that, that whole day. And they really stood out there and watched me perform. And, I, of course, I want to invite them to every performance, but... I want to invite them to like the big, big ones mm-hmm. and and making it worth their while and stuff like that. So, but they definitely support my little sister too. My little sister and my little brother can sing. That's the crazy part. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna probably put them on the track one day, maybe, maybe. <laughs> we gonna see, but I think they all, they all. Oh, so this, so this the singing is something that runs in your blood, runs it runs in your family. Psh, I didn't even know that. That's the crazy part. But dude, it kind of does, kind of does. My little sister can really sing. She be she be singing in the shower and all that with the little you know, uh, Disney Channel mm-hmm. people and all that stuff. But she's good, she's good, and she supports me all day too. She always asks me about music and stuff like that. Right, you so. gotta make sure you gotta make sure the content is valid. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on. When it comes to the family, right? Where <laughs> you can't you gotta have a family centered track. You can't mm-hmm. have some wild. You can't have some Keisha type shit. I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Up. I know we. I think we spoke about this a little bit beforehand. I don't, I don't know if we recorded this, but what's, what would you say is your favorite record on this on this project? Oh, my favorite record. I would definitely say it was uh, "Bad for You." I have a, all of my favorite. Mm-hmm. All of them is definitely my favorite, but "Bad for You." I really, I really dig that one a lot because it was just like for me to to make for me to make that song so close to like the release date and really switch something out and put that in. Mm-hmm. It had to be deep, like, and I, I made it first on purpose because I wanted that to be an introduction for the rest of the, uh, the the EP. And I knew if I had people in that first song, they was gonna listen to the rest. You know what I'm saying? So that's really why I put that one out there, and that's really my favorite. Like, cause that that's that's the record you felt most confident. About. Yeah, you really man. feeling yourself when you. When you yeah, I was feeling myself with that one. Mm-hmm. That's nigga. I ain't gonna go to that one, but yeah, I felt myself on that one. Od. Nah, that's great. Yeah, how, how what's the, what's the reception from the ladies been like ever since you dropped the album? <laughs> that was it was coming. Remember, oh coming. man, um, it's cool, man. I I'm really I'm I make music for everybody. You know what I'm saying? I make music so people could relate to whether you're a male or or female. I make it for everybody. So, I mean, of course the 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 females like the music because that's what I sing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, but males males fuck with me too. The real ones gonna fuck with R and B. Like no man is gonna sit there and say, "Oh nah, that nigga whack." Like nah, that's the third. <laughs> you, you hating nah, now? That's 
<laughs> nah, that's facts. You hate it. Nah, when like now, nah, cause R and B, like you were saying earlier, R and B is a soulful ass genre. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you if you got any type of soul in you, yes, if sir. you're a soulful dude in general, once you hear good R and B, you gonna be like, yo, this is valid. Mm-hmm. This so, is it. And I kind of feel like yo, I just feel like R and B is kind of getting lost in the mix. Of everything because rappers are singing now, and R and B niggas is, is spitting over eight oh eight beats. So mm-hmm. it's like. And, I, and that's one thing I appreciate about your project too, like mm. the fact that the, that all of the beats were really R and B beats. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I don't like, like I remember when Usher and um, Zayto put out a project. I think last year, shit was cool, it was experimental, it was slapping a little bit, right? Slapping a little, bit, a little, a little bit. bit, had a couple of records on it. But general, generally, I like to hear my R and B singers mm-hmm. sing over R and B beats. Mm-hmm. So, do, do you think at any point you'll, you 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 get mixy with the beats and start getting into more of like the 808s or? Or, I mean, or, or I can I can more. do it. Like I can definitely but do what, it. But what would you prefer to do? Do you feel the same way? Do you think the R and B R and B acts should just stick to like the R and B sound? Because a lot of people have been saying that. Yo, I'm hearing a lot of R. Every time I have this conversation amongst my friends, they'll say like, Yo, rapping R, hip hop and R and B, not hip hop R and B, rapping R and B kind of sound the same to the point where it's like there's no distinction between the two. Mm-hmm. So hearing a hearing a hearing an EP that's really that's distinctly R and B, and it's not like yo. He's singing, but he kind of want to be a rapper. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, this is a nigga that actually wants to be an R&B artist. Like, it's, it's rare to me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, I can definitely do it. Like, I can, I can sing rap. I can rap. Like, I've rapped before, but if if I were to get into that realm, it would probably be like me just messing around mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Um, if you listen to like songs like Black Rose and then Do Time. At first, when I recorded it by myself in my crib and I was writing it, I was actually rapping on it, and I turned it into singing. So, mm. uh, things like that, like, I can definitely do it, but I'd rather just chill on that. You'd rather know? stick to the singing side. Yeah, stick to my singing side, because that's what, I need to be in the genre where I distinguish myself as, as that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't want people to think of me as as... I'm trying to do everything. Right, yeah. I, I definitely think it's smarter as, mm-hmm. as wise and early on to distinguish yeah. yourself first and then get mixy as you, mm-hmm. as you get into it. Because oftentimes what you'll find is there's people who may feel like they're versatile artists and you could be a versatile artist mm-hmm. but when you when you get too mixy early on and don't really have that definition you're going to get lost right, in the sauce. Exactly. Man. That's when you get, that's when you never get put on. Mm-hmm. That's when you fuck around and you're talented and you never get put on because you never focused on just one mm-hmm. thing or one genre. So I definitely, I definitely feel you on that. That's a big fact though. What do you think is what's what, what's what's the next year going to be like that? Next year I it's progression like what's next now is just like me making way more way more videos maybe um definitely more, another project cuz I said bef- like I said last year when I first started I said this summer is going to be my summer where I, where I make a a project. Mm-hmm. That that was my big thing for the summer. That's all I want to do. I ain't care about partying. I ain't care about brunching, <laughs> nothing like that. I just wanted to make my project, make sure I, I had a project, a project out. out. Right. Yeah. So that was my first goal. My next goal is now just getting more exposure now and putting myself out there way more. Just keep on grinding. That's truthfully. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the plan, man. Just stay staying on course. Cause if I get off now, it was no point. That's a fact, and I, I, like I said from earlier, man, you definitely talented. Appreciate it, man. And I believe you when you say that you're gonna keep going and you're gonna keep progressing and you're gonna yes, put sir. yourself on and put yourself in right in the right spaces because at the end of the day, you talented. Appreciate you, and bro. that shit slap. I'm Appreciate it. Like I really, I really do fuck with your music. Thank you. But let, let the people know where they can find you, where they can follow you on Instagram, oh. where they can follow you on Twitter and things of that nature. Yes, 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 yes. You can find me at on Instagram, Twitter, 
at molove, M-O-L-O-V-E, underscore, underscore, underscore. That's on everything. My music is on all streaming platforms. You can find me on Apple, Tidal, Spotify, whatever you think of, I'm on there. <laughs> wherever you want to stream music, <laughs> Whatever you want to stream, illegally, legally, wherever, <laughs> I'm there. Where, whether, whether or not you want to stream the shit illegally, <laughs> ain't on him. It ain't he, on he, me. He's not liable for that, but... <laughs> Either way, thank you for listening to the brother. And thank you for listening to this episode. And mm-hmm. more, most importantly, thank you for being on the show. Really. Appreciate you for having me, man. No doubt, no doubt. You've been listening to the King Belly Podcast. You can follow the King Belly Pod on Instagram and Facebook. You can subscribe to the King Belly Podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Your support is greatly appreciated. This beat was produced and engineered by Nigel Pierre Bryant. You can check out more of his records on his production page on Instagram at produced by period and.